Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Monday, August 2nd, 2021. It's August. Where has this summer gone? Well, thanks for tuning in and welcome back. And if you follow me on Instagram, you knew what was coming today. And I am really on a kick about reminding people and also reminding myself that sometimes life can feel really heavy. Um, It can feel frustrating, like we're not getting to where we want to be. And I want to challenge you starting today to consistently, and when I say consistently, I mean you consistently look for opportunities. You consistently remind yourself to find joy in what I call those in-between moments. And I think that, you know, we live in a society that makes it hard to do that sometimes because we're all dreaming big. We're all going, you know, really big places and we've got to be better than and keep up with people. And so we have a tendency to forget that, a lot of the joy in life and the moments in life that matter are those really little things that sometimes we start to pass over. So I want to get into that today. And really what I want to do is provide a foundation for you to remember you are probably already happier than you think you are. We just need to fine tune your how you look at this and how you approach yourself. And I hear a lot um, from listeners and people you know, that write into the podcast, um, people in my private practice, my private practice clients, that they want to be happy. And we hear people say that a lot. Well, what do you want out of life? I just want to be happy. But what does that actually mean? And how do you get it, right? How do you consistently stay happy? And I'm here to tell you that happy, and I'm using air quotes, happy is different for everyone. Everyone's definition of success is different. And I'm certainly not here to try to tell you to change that, change your goals, change how hard you're working. I'm here to tell you to reflect on it a little bit differently, maybe change your perspective a bit. And here's what I mean by that. Let's get into it. So I think the older we get, and I think I'm seeing it even younger and younger too. I see it with my three-year-old sometimes where she is really um, set on doing this one thing. I'm going to go to the beach. And if I don't go to the beach, then nothing else can make me happy, right? She's focused on that. And while I think that there is room to be focused on the big things, and I want you making goals, I want you working hard, I want you focused on that big picture, I'm telling you the journey to get there doesn't have to be so difficult and stressful. Meaning, if you're You know, if your goal is to, like my three-year-old, go to the beach, maybe it's take a trip, maybe it's get a different job, maybe it's buy a house, maybe it's have children, those really sort of big, what we call defining moments in life, I want you to have that goal. I want you to dream big. I want you to know that anything's possible. What I'm challenging you to do, though, is pay attention to the journey along the way and find joy in that. So, for example... You know, you could um, be going along with your goal of, say, searching for a new job and add maybe a few really stressful days in a row of focusing on nothing but finding this new job. What if instead of only focusing on finding the job, what if you set some time aside for yourself? Maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes. I don't know. But what if you set a little bit of time aside each day to reflect, 
be proud of how hard you're working, to find joy in the person that you are, that you have the ability to work that hard, that you get to find a new job? Or what if even more than that, you took maybe 30, 40 minutes out of that, out of your job search day to, I don't know, go buy yourself some flowers, romanticize that experience. You deserve them. You've earned them. You're worthy of them. Um, Maybe it's the next time you have a really good meal, right? You have a really good meal and you, rather than just eating the meal and getting through it and getting onto the next thing, I want you to start to train yourselves to sit back and look around, look at how the table's set. Look at how the food looks. Take that in. Think about how it tastes. Think about who you're with. Maybe it's great company and you can find gratitude for the people you with, the people you're with. It's those small moments. It's those small opportunities to really find joy. And you know, for a while and I still do this too where I will say to myself, oftentimes um to myself, not out loud, but I will say, I'm finding joy in this moment. It's beautiful. I love that we have neighbors that we can just pop over into their yard and talk. I love that, you know, I bought myself flowers today and now they're on my table and they're beautiful and they make my home feel so good. Rather than just recognizing, hey, yeah, I bought flowers and the home looks nice. I take an extra minute, two minutes, and I really romanticize it. I really look around and I think they're beautiful and I'm so grateful to be able to have them. Because here's the deal. When you can change your internal dialogue to actually take a couple of minutes to romanticize and find joy in these little things, your brain's paying attention. It's paying attention to the fact that you're finding joy and gratitude in these really small things. And then when the really big thing happens, Yes, you're going to be happy. Yes, you're going to celebrate. Yes, hopefully you'll go to dinner. You'll call friends. You'll get super excited. I want you to have the same kind of excitement for the big thing or for the small thing that you do for the big thing. Okay. And you've got to remember that small momentum turns into big gains. So the more you can challenge yourself to look at your surroundings the more you can challenge yourself to say, I'm not where I, where I want to be, but I'm really proud of how far I've come. Another thing happens. You slow the pace down in your brain a little bit. You slow things down and you start motivating yourself through things like gratitude, joy, excitement, happiness. Not this like fight or flight. I've got to do this. I've got to do this next big thing. I'm, you know, I won't be happy until I can take this trip, get this job, be with a person, have a relationship. You train your brain to find the good in the little things and to start to value those things just as much as you value the big things. And so there are a lot of days when life feels oh my God, so heavy, like nothing's going right, like I couldn't do anything right to save my life, the people in my life can't do anything right, everything feels stressful, you know, our little girl is running around and making messes everywhere and then I've got the dog following her and you just wonder sometimes how the hell did I get here and I want you to know that that's normal and that's natural. Life has a tendency to be overwhelming when we're least equipped to deal with it. And that doesn't make it right. But I'll tell you, you've got an opportunity in those moments to, and I do it, I do it. And I take literally sometimes 10 seconds and I take a breath and I say, slow down, soften my approach to myself. 
find joy in the fact that she's healthy, that she's able to run and play, that we've got a dog who loves her more than anything in this world, that she loves more than anything in this world. We've got a home to live in. I take time and find joy in those moments and gratitude in those moments. You have to. You have to give your brain and your body a break. You've got to romanticize what you've got right in front of you. Still work hard, still having goals. But when you can slow your approach down sometimes to everything happening around you, find that joy in those what I call in-between moments, right? So in between the really big things, I'm telling you, you're going to increase your stamina for the crap that life has to has a tendency of throwing our way when we least expect it. You're going to increase your capacity to deal with stressful situations, to deal with hard things. You know why? Because you're just as grateful for the flowers you bought yourself yesterday or the groceries in your refrigerator. You're just as excited about those as the really big thing you're working on. And I know that probably a lot of you are listening to this and saying that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, I kind of hope it is if you're listening to this because what I'm challenging you to do is to change up your approach to how you approach yourself. And if it seems ridiculous, I think it means that it's the perfect opportunity to give it a try. You know, what do you have to lose? You might find a little bit of joy and happiness along the way. You might figure out how to soften your approach to yourself, the people around you to laugh at things rather than get mad at things, to put things in perspective, it works, guys. And it's one of those things where you've got to be accountable to yourself to seek out those tiny moments of joy, to seek out joy and romanticizing if you get to go for a walk with your significant other and hold their hand. Um, you know, and no, maybe it's not where you want to be. And maybe there's a lot of things happening in your life that are so difficult that I don't know about. I maybe will never understand, but I'm telling you the one thing we, I'll say most of us have in common is we want to feel connected. We want our hearts to feel full. We crave joy. We crave happiness. We crave just a little bit of peace and calmness and things working out. And I'm here to tell you, it's much more of a safe bet that those things are going to work out and you're going to feel how you want to feel if you take ownership of it, rather than putting it in everybody else's hands, try it and see if it helps. Take ownership of what you find joy in. Take ownership of saying this may not be a big deal to some people, but God, it's the best thing in the world for me. You own that and you be proud of that. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things that get you through. And when you get to the big stuff, it's that much sweeter. I'm telling you, watch the sunset. Actually have an internal dialogue with yourself about watching a sunset or a sunrise. And rather, you know, than saying things like, oh, I can't believe I'm up this early. I couldn't sleep last night. Now I'm watching the sunrise. I really want you to just try to say, I'm up this early and it's not ideal, but God, is this beautiful. Um, I'm grateful I get to see it. And, you know, relish in those sweet little moments that all matter Those are the things that matter. Those little things that matter. You know, I saw a quote, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I, it really made me think. It said, um, watch what kinds of things people take pictures of. It's what they're afraid of losing most. And if you don't know where to start with finding joy and, and gratitude in those little moments, take a look at your phone. 
take a look at what you're taking pictures of. Um, because I think there is a lot of validity and meaning to that, that maybe those are the things you're afraid of losing most. And if that's the case, those are the things that you need to relish every little detail in. And remember how the sand felt on your toes. Remember how the breeze felt in your hair. Remember how the sound of your, of your little ones running down the hallway made you feel. It's those tiny moments. It's those tiny moments that get us to the big stuff. And that keep us grounded, keep us worthy, and keep us happy. So I hope that helps. Find joy in those little in-between moments, guys. Look for it. It's there. It's there. Take ownership of what you find joy in. What you find joy in is going to be different than what the next five people do, I bet. That's okay. Be proud of that. It's what makes you you. All right? So go find some joy today in a little moment. Relish it. Drink it in. Whisper to yourself, I'm proud of you. You're worthy. You're okay. I love you. Get consistent about whispering that to yourself. And why I say whisper it to yourself is think about when you're when you're yelling and you're really excited and all that adrenaline's pumping, right? It's not as intimate. So dial it back a little bit and tell yourself, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're worthy and this matters. That's the kind of whisper that your heart and your brain want to listen to. Let yourself drink that in. Let yourself start to believe it. When you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling like the next big thing, you know, isn't going to come or this, this thing with this person isn't going to work out or whatever it is, take a second, dial it back. I'm proud of you. I love you. You're safe and you're worthy. We've got this. Okay, guys. So I hope that helps. Get out there and find some joy in some little moments today and watch how that small momentum turns into really big things, okay? If you've got questions for me or things you're working on and you want me to do a podcast about it, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at whatsnextwithlisa. I try to read all of your messages. I try to respond and I'll always ask your permission before I put it on the air. So Take care of yourselves, and remember, today's a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya!
patterns of behavior that are kind of suspicious and uh, check a lot of boxes, you're probably doing that um, because there's some red flags and some and the boxes that you're checking are toxic. And the question then is, all right, so how do I get out of this? How do I stop it? And, you know, that's that's the thing is you can't love someone like over the top or hard enough to make them want to actually love you back if they're a true narcissist. They're not able to. Uh, but what you can do is start to love yourself so where so well that others see that and say, whoa, I'm not going to show up to this. There's no way I can infiltrate that. And there is, you know, it's it's a lot of work ahead and it doesn't happen overnight um, because you've got to remember you're being tricked into thinking you found your soulmate. And then when you've actually when you actually realize that this person is going to be the cause of some of the lowest moments of your life, it's a really hard thing to wrap your head around. It's very, very difficult. And what happens though is I want you to look at the behavior for what it is. I want you to try as hard as you can to look at the behavior for what it is objectively and look at the patterns. And if they're toxic and abusive, you're worthy of more and you can get out. And what I'm recommending to you guys is not to use this podcast as your only method of support to get out. Seek out a therapist. Talk to a friend about it. Find a support group. Um, There are therapists who specialize in narcissistic recovery. And I'm telling you, it's not as easy as just getting out and deciding, ooh, that was bad. They they slowly dismantle your spirit and you have an opportunity now to get to put that back together. And so again, I'm less interested in the diagnosis and more interested in just saying, whoa, this is, this is violent and this is abusive. And basically all that boils down to is anything that is a pattern of coerciveness, um, controlling behavior, which can include physical, emotional, or psychological abuse, sexual abuse, financial abuse, using money and financial t- uh, financial tools to um, exert control, to gain control of you. These are all forms of abuse. And so if this is what you're dealing with, you are not alone and you don't need to fix this alone reach out to your family your friends a therapist it's um yeah it's it's bigger it's not your fault I want to say that this is not your fault this has everything to do about them and absolutely nothing to do about you other than the fact that they found somebody kind to take advantage of and they're really good at fooling people and I'm going to tell you what right now a lot of people will start to dive into their their healing and they'll say oh my god am I the narcissist wait a minute am I the narcissist and I'm going to tell you right now if you have to ask yourself the question you're not narcissists don't have empathy they don't have the ability to really question themselves or or you know so no you are not the narcissist although They would love you to believe that, but you're not the problem. And so if you're dealing with somebody who, you know, feels like a narcissist, acts like a narcissist, they probably are. Um, And they do it to 
gain control, to keep control, and to continue their narrative. And it's just, it's one of those things where I wish so much that I could tell you step by step about how to heal yourself um, in this podcast, but I cannot tell you enough how important it is to seek out and um, get proper support, get proper help, and to remember that you are worthy of so much more than this. And so a lot of times, you know, I'll have people say, how do I just get back to who I was before I met this person? I feel like a shell of myself. And here's the thing. The truth is, is that you're not the same person you were when you met them. You've been through something. You've been through something traumatic. You've been through abuse and belittling and control and, you know, filtering yourself and walking the path of least resistance to just, you know, survive. And and all along the way, when I say that out loud, a lot of people are like, that's crazy. Who would stay in that? Well, I'm here to tell you that when you're in it, they're so good at making you think that it's your fault and you're the problem. And if you just made them happier, if you could just do this, if you could just do that, then everything would be better. You internalize and personalize it all. And when that becomes your sort of like new normal or what you're used to, and then you come out of that, it's like coming up from underwater and taking a breath. You should be happy because now you can breathe, but you've got so many other things still left lurking under the water that you have to deal with. And so the first, my first bit of advice would be stop expecting to be the same person you were before you went into the relationship. You're different. You've been through a really difficult experience that has shaped you and changed you. You don't have to be bad different, but I want you to look at who you are and who you want to be and realize that you have the opportunity to now be a stronger, more loving, compassionate version of yourself. You've got to deprogram all that they've programmed you to believe. And so to do that, you've got to start to get really honest about who they are, what they tried to get you to believe, and what's not true. And and that comes with gaining some confidence after being out of the relationship. It comes with gaining the confidence to say, this person abused me. This person tried to make me second guess myself. That's not true anymore. I don't believe that. That's what they wanted me to believe. I get to now take control of what I want to believe. And I would tell you too, it's all about forgiving yourself first. I think a lot of people get really angry when they get out of these relationships and they're more angry at themselves really because they stayed in for so long. And when you get out of it, you tend to see things a bit more clearly, but that doesn't mean you're thrilled about it. Doesn't mean you're you're quite thrilled to be out. It means that a lot of people are really upset that they stayed in for so long. So I really want you to be mindful of also forgiving yourself for getting involved with that person, maybe even having kids with that person. You it takes a lot of bravery to go into a relationship and try to make it work. And they're so good at making you think that you're the only one that needs to make it work. You forget the fact that it takes two people working on something. It takes two people listening and growing and being empathetic and trying to understand the other person, not one person telling you how it's going to be. So it takes a little while to start to believe, one, that you can actually find that kind of relationship and to trust yourself and to trust people. But two, it takes a little while to start to have confidence in who you are again. Give it time. 
be patient with yourself, but get really honest with yourself and call things out for what they are. Let your feelings come in. Feel what you need to feel. There's no right or wrong way to do this. However, first and foremost, the one thing that the one undeniable fact is this. You're worthy of more than abuse. You're worthy of more than being gaslighted. You're worthy of more than being told you're nothing, being berated, being hit, being called names, having your money controlled. And this happens to men. This happens to women. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. This happens and it's not okay. And you don't have to just accept it. And I will tell you, I actually think that when it happens to men, it's a little harder for society to wrap their heads around because we don't think of women as being narcissists. I'm here to tell you they exist and do irreparable damage sometimes to very, very kind men. And just like men take advantage of vulnerable kind women, women do the same thing. So there's no there's no gender tags we're putting on this conversation. This can happen to anybody. You're not stupid. You're not less than. You're brave and kind for being courageous enough to try to love somebody that is kind of impossible to love. Um, and so be soft with yourself. Be kind with yourself. Get excited about creating the version of you that you get to be and empower yourself to be it. Trusting yourself is going to come back with time. Trusting yourself and really committing to what you want, what you'll put up with, and what you won't is going to come with time. But your first order of business here is to take a breath, forgive yourself, call out the behavior for what it was, and focus on you moving forward. This isn't about going back and having a conversation with them and telling them what they did to you. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it because they don't have the ability to get it. You're only going to cause yourself more harm and abuse by doing that. No contact. Be done. Be done. Move forward. If you have kids with this person and you have to try to figure out how to co-parent, well, then I encourage you to look up a technique called gray rock, which is basically responding to them in a way that's about as exciting as a gray rock. And that means that you set boundaries, you're clear and concise, and you talk about the children. Because your job as a parent then is to, is to be aware of what, how they treated you and protect your children from being treated the same way. Now, oftentimes narcissists look at their children like prizes or like extension of, extensions of themselves. So in public, it all looks great, right? Maybe at home, though, it's really rigid and strict or it's just a free for all. And right they're that over adoring parent. It's hard to say, but you've got a responsibility now to be the parent in their life that can write that ship and show them boundaries and love and stability and consistency and authenticity. All those things we want for our children. So the first step in doing that is forgiving yourself accepting what it is and starting to move forward in a way that empowers you to now carve out your own identity. You're not the same person you were when you met them. You're better. You're better, but you're still just as worthy. Okay, guys, um, I hope that this helps get you started. If you've got questions about this or anything I said, please um, email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter. I am going to recommend a book that I recommend to a lot of my private practice clients and people 
coming out of relationships like this really tend to resonate with it and connect to it. And just like anything I recommend, I tell you, if it's not for you, that's okay. Um, but take, you know, take nuggets that maybe do work for you, um, that you like about it, you know, and, and use it, um, use it how you need to. So this book that I like and that I recommend to my private practice clients is called Psychopath Free. And basically it's about recover. Well, I'll read it. It's, it's, uh, called recovering from emotionally abusive relationships with narcissists, sociopaths, or other toxic people. And they go through chapter by chapter and basically say, this is what happened to you. This is how you start to repair the damage. I love the book psychopath free. Um, if you've got kids and maybe you're currently with a narcissist or you're trying to co-parent out of that relationship. There's a book called um, Raising Resilient Children with a, uh, let me look at, let me look it up here. Hold on. Here we go. Raising Resilient Children with a Borderline Narcissistic Parent. Um, this book talks a lot about different approaches and techniques for parenting when you're still in the relationship. If you've had kids and then you realize, oh crap, I married a narcissist. Um, it talks a lot about what to do in the relationship, but there's also some good nuggets of information of how to approach your kids and what to do if you're out of that relationship. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for educating and learning. And so all the information you can get to try to better yourself is you taking accountability for the situation and wanting to move forward in a better way. There is better out there, guys, and you're so worth it. Okay. I hope that helps. Um, thanks so much for waiting. And again, if you've got questions or comments, show topics, anything, send me an email. What's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at What's Next with Lisa and take care of yourselves. And don't forget, today's a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.